Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Clef bomb with a minute five to go on the power play. One-timer drives on a block. Rebound. Score! Kyler Yamamoto in the slot. Bangs it home. We are tied at two. The rookie, Kyler Yamamoto, with his ninth goal in 18 games. Kyler Yamamoto and his Oilers teammates will be on the ice in a couple of hours at the downtown community arena on 8 p.m. scrimmage tonight for the Oilers as they tune up for the qualifying round. They have the exhibition game on Tuesday against the Calgary Flames. It's on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6. The game will start at 8.30. And then the ones that count start Saturday, August 1st, 11 a.m. face-off show game at 1.00. Oilers against the Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports. And I don't know if you're like this yourself or maybe you know people, but some people almost by accident discover that they they maybe are, are good at something or, or have a, a hidden ability that they didn't realize that they had or they just have an affinity for something. From a sports angle, I think we all know those people who – you know, never golf until they're 35, 40, 45, and they pick up a club and they can just shoot in the 80s the first time they play. Or you maybe you know somebody, oh, they've, they've never really cooked, and then they dive into the kitchen, and, and a month later they're making gourmet meals. It just it just clicks for them. I've had that kind of discovery in my life, and it's it's been going on for about a decade, but I've really come to notice it, uh, that it's been more prevalent the last couple of years. And one thing that I am really good at is is annoying a certain person in my life. It's it's a colleague that I work with. And sometimes I do it on purpose and sometimes I do it completely by accident, which is what happened yesterday. And to express his annoyance and irritation with me and a topic that we were discussing, it is the voice you just heard calling some Oilers goals. It is my good buddy, Jack Michaels. Hey, Jack. And they call me long-winded. Holy cow, that introduction. I think people have already finished the main course. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day? Are you feeling good? The last time I talked to you, you were ready to explode. That was yesterday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, got worked up looking at those old Norris and uh, Hart Memorial Trophy voting. I think we need to do a, uh, a, a re-vote, a recount, and, and do our own awards uh, in the mid-1980s where perhaps certain Oilers were punished because they were wearing the blue and orange at the time, and the thought process was you can't just give all the awards to the Oilers every year. But, uh, yeah, pretty mystifying numbers, and what you're alluding to in particular uh, was was the uh, deification of Rod Langway. And, you know, the troubling thing for me is being an advocate for Paul Coffey. And remember, I, I'm kind of a dual advocate for Paul Coffey. I've had a chance to get to know him you know, in Edmonton and obviously appreciate his career as an oiler. But, you know, my affinity for Paul Coffey goes back to when he was the guy that kind of pushed the Penguins over the top. I mean, he was I, – I still think of Paul Coffey as a bit of a Penguin, to be honest with you. And I know that's blasphemy here 
in Edmonton. But uh, Paul Coffey was absolutely the difference maker, and I believe had that trade involving Craig Simpson not happened, uh, two two cups might not have been won. The Oilers might not have won the 1990 Cup without Simpson's invaluable contributions, and the Penguins would not have won the 1991 Cup. That I'm certain of, uh, you know, in terms of not having Paul Coffey on the back end to, you know, anchor guys like Alt Samuelson and Larry Murphy. So, uh, you know, and, and what, what troubles me about it, Reed, is think how differently Paul Coffey might be perceived had he been awarded five and six Norris trophies, which is probably what he deserved. I, I just feel like sometimes he's left out uh, when you talk about top five defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League. Sometimes you don't get to him or you don't hear people get to him. And I'm here to tell you that I don't care whether he was an offensive defenseman. You can use all the you know, dress-up language you want. He was one of the top five D-men to ever play the league. And for me, it's not even an argument. Like, it, it actually bothers me. And one of the reasons I think sometimes he's on the fringes is because he's got three Norrises when he probably should have five or six. And and this started yesterday because I, I pointed out that Dreisaitl becomes the fifth oiler to be a finalist for the Hart Trophy. Gretzky, obviously, Fuhr was second one year. Uh, Messier and, and Connor McDavid, who's won it and been a finalist on, a, on another occasion as, as well. And then you got you got saying, well, how close was Paul Coffey? And the best he ever was in the voting was fourth. And there were years, I mean, there were years Paul Coffey had more assists than some defensemen had points. Who, and those defensemen finished ahead of him in the voting for the, like, for the Hart so, uh, well, Rod Langway, Mark Howe. Year, Though Mark Howe did have a ton of points. Yeah, one year he had 138 points, three shy of Mario, who finished second. And Paul Coffey was plus 57. Mario was minus eight. I mean, I love Mario Lemieux, as you can imagine. Growing up in Pittsburgh, the guy that completely resuscitated the franchise and then the guy that rescued the franchise when it was on verge of, of moving again in the early 2000s. I mean, this is a this is a civic hero in Pittsburgh and probably the most popular person connected to athletics currently residing in the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, it's Mayor Lemieux. He is, if he wanted to run for mayor or governor, it'd be no problem. And, uh, but I, you know, you look at the numbers and it's just shocking. And people say, well, they were voting for defense back then. Look, when you're plus 52 consecutive years, plus 57, plus 61, you can't tell me that somehow you're still playing atrocious defense. I mean, I'm not here to tell you that Paul Coffey was a lockdown guy. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's not like Rod Langway was plus a million. He was, he was hovering near the equator most of the time on some pretty, you know, average Washington teams. I, I just, you know, when you look at the voting, and certainly if they were judging it today, but you can't even use that excuse because look at all the Norris Trophy's Bobby Orwan, and it's because he was overwhelmingly good at the offensive end. Paul Coffey, same thing. I'm sorry. No one else was doing what Coffey was doing when Coffey was doing it. I mean, maybe the difference wasn't as great between Paul Coffey and Chelios, Doug Wilson some years, but it was still significant. It was still, in the case of Mark Howe one year, it was still 56 points difference. I mean, come on. Like, 
so anyways, I, you know, again, part of it is uh, a personal attachment to Paul Coffey. He's a great guy and obviously a great oiler. But also some of it is, holy cow, if we redrew some of the awards in the mid-1980s, uh, I'm not sure there'd be enough room in Rogers Place uh, showcase for all the trophies. Well, uh, you you briefly touched on it. I do think, and to some extent I get it, I do think there's a reluctance to vote for two players on the same team. And uh, there have been occasional years where well, look two at players... Well, Reed. I yeah, mean, that's, I, exactly. I, I get it. Fine, David Posternock is the guy that they're talking about. Oh, you know, he, he could have been in the mix for the Hart Trophy. And I'm like, uh, did Connor McDavid not have... I mean, was Connor McDavid not second in the league in scoring? Uh, is is the threat of Connor McDavid not part of the reason why Leon Draisaitl had the kind of season he did? I mean, I, you've got you're going to have to convince me how Connor McDavid uh, shouldn't be in the top three this year again. I, I I'm sorry, he I was very surprised he was not in the top three for either the Hart or the Lindsay, especially since the players usually know. And, I mean, come on, you break down all those players right now and say who's one of the top three players in the league, they're all going to say Connor McDavid. I, that was just a little bit surprising. I thought he would have a better chance to get in the top three for the Lindsay, quite frankly, than the Hart, just based on the, weird, the way the year shook out. And like you said, Reed, media's not going to vote for two Oilers. But uh, I was a little surprised he didn't sneak in there for the Lindsay because – there's no doubt that from the minute he entered the league, Connor McDavid is a top three player in the National Hockey League. Oh, this is great. Jack, you're living up to the billing. Jack Michaels joining us tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We're going to hear from Ken Holland throughout the show. We have clips from his media availability today, including talking about Philip Broberg, Jack, who's, who's staying with the team. And who knows, maybe he uh, winds up never going back to Sweden after all. Well, and that was something that Ken acknowledged was part of the plan. And then, you know, two things happened. Number one, Mike Green opted out. Number two, uh, Philip Broberg established very early in the first week of camp that, you know, he was fitting right in. And and some guys have Philip Broberg, you know, potentially elevating past uh, some Oilers slam-bang prospects on the back end, most notably Evan Bouchard. I mean, I, I think time will tell on that one. Uh, but, you know, because, again, you have these X, X factors like an Ethan Bear. I, I, Ethan Bear wasn't in my top eight coming into this September's training camp, uh, m- meaning September of 2019. He wasn't. I didn't have him in my top eight. He, he, so, you know, you do have some X factors there. And I think Philip Roberg, uh, what he's done right now is show that, number one, he doesn't look out of place. And I think Ken Holland made a good point that, you know, look, it's going to get ratcheted up in the next, you know, three or four games, and there's going to be two scrimmages there. So so we might see some separation. We'll see. Um, but secondly, I, what I like is Philip Broberg's versatility. I, I've seen him play on his offside uh, a few times. And the other thing that really struck me about Philip Broberg is I, I just didn't realize until he's kind of, you know, right there in front of you how big this guy is. I mean, he's going to have a thickness to him resembling Adam Larson, except with all the offensive attributes that Larson doesn't possess. Uh, he can move the puck, he can skate, he can shoot it. And so, you know, and, and you're talking about a guy that's growing into his body right now. So, Reed, in a perfect world, you have that duality of a guy that no one likes to play against, 
like the guys who go up against Larson, but also a guy that can really sting you at the offensive end. So uh, no substitute for size and speed, and Broberg appears to have plenty of both. Jack, before I let you go, what's up tonight? Are you being a sports coach, sports dad? What's happening? I'm uh, I'm I'm out uh, I'm out in Parkland County. Uh, I will be on the baseball diamond tonight, and then uh, I plan on seeing you Saturday afternoon for the Colby Cave Memorial scrimmage. I'm really looking forward to that, as uh, you know, the players honor Colby, and I think we're going to have some uh, special things lined up for that. But I'll see you tomorrow at practice beforehand, and then a day off Friday, Saturday the scrimmage, and then off we go into the bubble. Reed, here we go. Right on. Jack, thanks for checking in. Love the energy as always, man. See you soon. Always a pleasure, Reed. That is my good buddy, Jack Michaels, and he was bringing it tonight, looking back on some old Hart Trophy votes that, in his mind, Paul Coffey was a lot lower down the list than he should have been. We'll see if uh, Leon Dreisaitl wins it this year. Obviously, he had an outstanding season, led the National Hockey League in scoring. 780-496-0063 is the number you can use if you would like to get in touch with me. That is the number to both call and text. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com is the email. And I'm on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. We'll hear what Ken Holland had to say about Philip Broberg when we get back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Back. singer here, Kellen? Chris Jericho. And is he from, is it Winnipeg? Yes. Now, does he write the music, write the lyrics? Do you know, or do they all collaborate? They all collaborate. Like for this one, their uh, guitarist Richard Ward uh, collaborated with a guy by the name of uh, Michael Starr from a band that you're pretty uh, familiar with. Steel Panther. Yep, there you go. So, Yes, uh, we can't play any of their songs no. on air. No, we definitely <laughs> can't play any of theirs. No, but, that's... But yeah, it's like any good rock group. Everybody collaborates and they come up with some cool stuff. So there you go. All right. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Norman, a combine says, hi, Reed. Jack Michaels is a beauty. Love it. The big L says, Reed, Jack is dead on about Paul Coffey. Niedermeyer was an incredible skater. Lidstrom, a phenomenal defender. Pronger was a class A nasty jerk. But other than Orr, who else could carry the puck like a forward and had the wheels to get back to his own zone? He was punished by playing with so many greats when it came to voting for individual trophies. 780-496-0063 is the number to text. Well, the Oilers are certainly hoping that their depth and talent on the blue line will continue to beef up here in the years to come. Jack was talking about Ethan Bear, who's had a pretty good season. Caleb Jones is looking like he's a, a pretty good depth defender. Evan Bouchard is on the way. And Philip Broberg has been a big story in training camp. Here's what general manager Ken Holland had to say. 
we think he's played pretty well. I've informed Shalefti and talked to Darren Ferris and I talked to Philip Roberg a couple of days ago to tell tell him that uh, we are going to take uh, take him into the hub with us. And uh, obviously we're going to go in with 10 defensemen and it's up to um, the coach to determine how uh, how they're all going to be used. So, you know, I'll monitor, I'll, I'll monitor. Certainly I understand Shalefti is starting their training camp. He's a young player, but he's played very well here in the early going. Now things are going to... St- you know, things always ramp up. You know, I, I, I look back to September every year in training camp and, you know, there's week one and then the vets take it to another level in week two, you know, and then they ramp it up and, and, and you try to find out which which young players can kind of go with as, 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 the, as the veterans take the level of play to a higher level, you know, where do people start to drop off? So I'll continue to uh, monitor. But I think for him, he's 19 years of age. Obviously, he's junior eligible. Um, this year he's to, to play in the world junior. He's a young, he's a young player. I think it's been a fabulous experience for him to be around an NHL um, you know, training camp every day now for, for 10 days. And it'll, it'll go on at least for another couple of weeks that he'll be around our guys. So I think it's, I think it's going to be really good for him and his development. Yeah, really good looking young player. And it was Saturday. I mean, he looked good all of the first week, I thought. But Saturday's scrimmage was when he really stood out. He scored a great goal, got another goal joining the rush in the second half of a scrimmage. They've also they've often been playing two 20-minute periods. And here's what Holland had to say about the scrimmages so far. What I've liked in the scrimmage is that it's not been like, you know, they play hard one way and they, they float. They've, 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 they've back-checked. They've taken space away. They're trying to play the the, the game the way that we believe we need to play the game in order to be successful you attack when you got the puck and when you don't have the puck you're going to have to uh, you know you're going to have to work to defend to try to get the puck back so uh, we're slowly ramping up and uh, we're happy where we're at right now obviously you want to get a little crisper I know this week Dave Tippett started uh, to really spend some time on special teams but you know come playoff time goaltending special teams good luck with health you know there's some there's some ingredients that, that everybody knows has got to happen if you're going to go on an, a, a long playoff run. Special teams is one of them. So uh, I know T- uh, Coach Tippett's been really emphasizing special teams the last couple of days, and, and we'll, that will continue. Well, and the special teams for the Oilers, a huge positive throughout the regular season. They will need those units to keep going to be successful in the postseason. Again, scrimmage at 8 o'clock tonight at the downtown community arena. You'll hear more from Ken Holland as we move along tonight. When we get back, a member of the EE's offensive lineman, David Beard, will tell you about his experience over the last couple of weeks, also his experience over the last few years making visits to northern communities. And what does he think of the name change? Current player with the team, David Beard, when we get back. All right, Darnell Nurse and the Oilers, 8 o'clock tonight, downtown Community Arena. They will have a a scrimmage trying to simulate one of these game days when they're going to be playing some games very late. Now, remember, the game on Tuesday against the Flames, that's exhibition, it starts at 8.30. The game on August 1st starts at 1 in the afternoon. Games 2 and 3 against Chicago start at 8.30 on the 3rd and the 5th. And then we don't know. The games that are... If necessary, on August 7th and August 8th, they don't have start times yet because the NHL is going to wait and see what happens with the other series in in both cities. So you could have 
uh, maybe three games scheduled one day at a rink, and then you actually only need one. So they can adjust the start times as they go along. Regardless, 6.30, Chad, will have every single Oilers game as we always do. That hasn't changed because of the pandemic or because of the Hub City or anything like that. If the Oilers are playing, they're going to be on your radio on 6.30, Chad. And a big topic on this radio station over the last few weeks has been the discussion around the name Edmonton Eskimos and the franchise did announce yesterday that they are discontinuing use of the word Eskimo. We've had a lot of discussion on this show yesterday. We were joined by Morley Scott, joined by a couple of guys who do a podcast on the team and uh, Warren Moon was on the show and Blake Dermott was on the show. So a couple of former players chimed in as well. So I think it is very relevant to speak with a current player with the green and gold, and that is offensive lineman David Beard. David, you're on with Reed. It's nice to catch up with you again. How are you doing? Hey, Reed, doing good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. We really appreciate you doing this. Before we dive into the, the, the name change story and some of your experiences surrounding that, let people know uh, how you're doing and, and staying in shape. And obviously, there's still a lot of uh, what ifs bouncing around about whether or not you're going to have a season. How, how have you been keeping? Yeah, things have been good. Um, it's kind of the same old song and dance for a lot of guys, but we're getting tons of quality family time. We're just kind of hanging out and getting lots of items checked off on the list. And, uh, yeah, all that good stuff. So we're, we've been, uh, it's been a small group of guys here that we've kind of had a co-work working, working out. And uh, we've been kind of staying busy that way and uh, enjoying a very, very different summer that I've had in a long time. Yeah, quite a, quite a bit different. Hopefully there are, are games in the fall. Have you thought about the possibility of being in a hub and being in one place for a long time playing games? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm kind of in the uh, in the category of guys that uh, just kind of want to play some football. Um, there's some details that kind of got to work, get worked out still. And I think, uh, I think there's a kind of soft deadline on when we're supposed to get another update, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really hoping we can play some ball, of course, uh, in, a, in a way that's going to be uh, safe and fair. But, um, yeah, we're really, really hoping we can get something pulled off here. David, you were uh, one of the, the players who went north, I think, on a couple of occasions. I'll let, I'll let you fill in the details. But for the community engagement that uh, the Eskimos, when they were known as that, were, were doing with, with communities in the north, Tell us about those visits and the impact they they had on you and some of the really key moments or experiences that, that you really took away from that. Yeah. Yeah, so this past year, um, we uh, we had an opportunity to uh, go up to Anuvik. So the first group of players that went up was uh, Godfrey Onyeka and Ryan King, and they went up and kind of did our first players' touch base uh, in the fall there. Uh, and they had a great time. Um, I know it rhymes it on to talk about that experience a little bit too, but uh, I was able to follow suit uh, come January uh, this past year, and then in February we were able to make our way over to Norman Wells. So January in Newvik, uh, February was Norman Wells. We are basically just doing outreach to try and uh, build some relationships, uh, offer whatever kind of services or resources that we had, uh, be that just time in the community. I know that they were in Inuvik when we visited. There was a... Um, the Return of the Sun Festival, Sunrise Festival, and basically they'd been in an a extended period of darkness, so to speak, because the sun had crested the horizon, and uh, it finally did, and so that was kind of a big celebration, um, traditional celebration out there, and we got to go experience that and um, 
put on a couple uh, camps for the kids and stuff like that, and then gave uh, some gear out that we could. And we, uh, yeah, we just had an incredible time. We um, got to experience some traditional food. Uh, some traditional games, uh, craft work, um, and just had great conversations that built some pretty, pretty unique friendships uh, that are uh, still kind of going on. So, but Was there a lot of dialogue about, uh, about the name of the team? Did, did you have any discussions about that? Did you get a sense it was uh, an issue on, or something on people's minds in that part of the world? Uh, yeah, in that part of the world, there's quite the opposite. Um, I know that um, obviously the current events are that there's um, not everyone is happy with it, and uh, that's kind of been the, the cause of the change. But uh, in that part of the world, um, there was I personally didn't hear one uh, negative piece of feedback. As a matter of fact, it was uh, very welcoming, very uh, positive, and enthusiastic feedback about uh, being proud of uh, the Eskimo name. But um, again, that's that's. Um, that's not the whole entire group of people that are affiliated. So we, we, we to the people who are in charge. So, all right. Uh, and, and this was not your first visit to, to, to Northern Canada because all you haven't your parents lived there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. My folks, my folks, uh, I've been up basically in, uh, in the North West Territory and living, uh, since 2011. So, uh, yeah, they've been kind of all over the place up in the high and, in Fort McPherson and uh, Del- or Delaney's where my brother and sister live. Um, so, yeah, they've been, my, I have quite a bit of family up there and uh, they've kind of been all over the map, so to speak. David Beard from the EE football team joining us tonight, offensive lineman on Inside Sports. The last two or three weeks have been pretty tumultuous. The Washington NFL team retired the name, and that led to a lot of speculation that our Edmonton CFL team was going to do the same. What has it? What have, what have the last two or three weeks been like for you, David, as a current player on the roster and hearing all the, the dialogue and debate and, in some cases, outright anger from from one side or the other what, what's it been like for you yeah it's been really interesting um listening and hearing uh, opinions uh, some very, very strong some people maybe not quite as opinionated about it but um no you've, i've really heard um both ends of the spectrum uh but uh, it's been uh, it's been really interesting to be able to see um how well in my opinion uh the club has been able to manage the um, the attention and the um, media coverage by it, it's, it's, uh, it's a touchy issue. And there's some people who um, are both extremely disappointed and there's some people that are very excited and then everyone in between. So I think the club has done a fantastic job in terms of um, responding to that in a very professional way uh, that's taking into consideration everyone. So um, it's been, it's been really interesting over the last few weeks. It's, it's been busy, to say the least. In the last about 30 hours since uh, the team made it official that there will be a new name, have you heard from anybody that you might have befriended or formed a relationship with in Norman Wells or Inuvik or anywhere up there? Yeah, absolutely. I I, um, I have some friends who we've kind of built this relationship over even just the last year, uh, and they've, uh, they've expressed some uh, disappointments but also understanding. So... Um, there's a number of people who uh, yeah, I consider friends now that have reached out and sent some, uh, sent some uh, nostalgic posts and stuff like that. And uh, they're, they're obviously fond of the name um, themselves, but they also understand that 
um, yeah, not everyone was happy with that, and that was something that needed to be considered. Um, so, yeah, like there's been, I've, I've I've heard kind of both ends of the spectrum, and I completely respect and support um, what the club has done in terms of considering those uh, options, and um, I think they do too. Uh, but they just you just hear some some varying opinions, and it's and that's okay too. So. All right, so here's the big question, and you know, I got to ask this to, to Warren Moon yesterday, and I think his opinion is important because he's one of the all-time greats with the franchise, but he, he doesn't play here or live here anymore. You're a current player, and I have received feedback from, from some uh, fans who have said, that's it, I'm done. I'm giving up my season's tickets, or uh, I'm not going to watch on TV, or I'm just not going to support the team anymore. Uh, you know, there's... Uh, one person yesterday actually said that the the team was spineless and that not only is he not going to support the team, that he actually hopes the team folds, which I think is a bit of an extreme reaction. But but there is a little bit of that that people are saying, I'm not going to support the, the team with the new name. And that means, David, that they're not going to support you because you're a player on that team. So what do you wow. say to those people who are having that extreme of a reaction? Yeah, you know what? I'm... Um, I, I, whoever this was, I'd ask them um, what made them fall in love uh, with the football team here in the first place. And if they were to say that it was a name that they came to the games for, that would be um, that'd be fair, but that would be uh, disappointing because I think that one of the things that we have to offer most here in Edmonton is the brand of football that we have, and it's it's been come to known we come to be known as the Eskimo brand of football, but that brand doesn't change in terms of what what we're here for and the the kind of entertainment that we're trying to bring uh, to the city and to the province and to the country for that matter. Um, But uh, yeah, I I would, I would challenge them to say that the the club isn't changing. The name is changing and, and that's okay. But what we're here for and what you once had fallen in love with is still going to be the same, just going to be under a new name. So that's, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it and kind of, Going with the uh, going with flow as we see how things change, and I'm excited to find out what uh, what name we do find here. Well, me too, because I have no idea what it's going to be, and I think they're going to going to take their time. But it does sound like the uniforms and the logo will stay the same or or be pretty close. Which I don't know about you, Dave. That that makes me feel comfortable. It does, yeah, me too. And it's uh, I don't know what kind of all goes into the new new branding for in terms of logos and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's good to see that we can keep the EE and come up with some sort of alternative name that's going to um, take care of uh, those concerns and still be able to keep the green and gold EE. So. Right on. Well, David, I really appreciate your perspective. Uh, it's important to hear from a, from a current player with the EEs. I, I, I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to mostly refer to the club, I, I think, and, and, and we'll get a new name. So I appreciate your perspective, certainly a, a unique one and, uh, I, I've talked to you in the past about it. And I could hear it in your your voice, uh, the, the respect you have for the, the, the people in, in the territories that you visited and also the, the respect you have for the organization that, that you play for. So thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Absolutely. No problem, Reed. That is David Beard, offensive lineman for the uh, Edmonton football team, who yesterday announced that the word Eskimo will be discontinued. Uh, really good thoughts from David. Thought he was very honest, very heartfelt, and and very open-minded, and uh, recognizes that there 
have been and are and probably for a while will continue to be a lot of uh, sides to this debate. But I really appreciate him checking in tonight. I thought he was very fair and very well spoken. 780-496-0063 calling or texting is how you can reach me. Uh, we are going to go to uh, Toronto a little bit later on to talk to Dan Schulman, a voice you know very well, the outstanding play-by-play voice for the Blue Jays on Sportsnet. And the Jays don't have a home. They, they wanted Pittsburgh. They're not getting Pittsburgh. So Dan will tell us what is going on there. Taking a quick timeout inside Sports on Chad. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, 10 minutes before 7. Right after the end of the show, I'll head over to Roger's place for the Oilers scrimmage. I'll uh, send as many updates as I can through my Twitter account. And, of course, uh, EdmontonOilers.com and the Oilers Twitter account will tell you what's going on, too. Just had David Beard, offensive lineman for the EEs, on the show. A couple of gentlemen on hold, 780-496-0063. We will welcome Stephen to the show. Stephen, my name is Reed. Nice to meet you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, Reed, a long-time listener, uh, many years, but first-time caller, so uh, I appreciate the chance to get on the phone. Reed, I'm at a, lo- at a loss uh, on the name change at the Eskimo. Uh, it seems to me that there's cowering by the, es- the organization to a sponsor which does not allow or is ignorant of, of the term Eskimo, and in the day of social pushback, I, I think we have to really look at what's really going on here. The term Eskimo means meat eater. Uh, the last time I checked, I had a hamburger today. I'm sure you had uh, uh, I've had a hamburger or something in the last little while, just like most of the listeners. There is nothing offensive about the term meat eater. Uh, and it, I'm at a loss to see where it's disrespectful to uh, Indigenous or uh, Inuit people or uh, how can we allow this to happen? We, the, I think we should have a pushback on this. Now we are in the day of delicate finances and uh, sponsorships, so we're walking on thin ice all the time with this. Maybe that's the real reason, but they are ignorant of of what that actually means and in the connotation that it's, it's spoken to. Uh, we have the name uh, uh, Atlanta Braves, uh, 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 something that inspires uh, ferocity, it evokes emotion, uh, tenacity. These terms are complementary to ethnicities, not de- uh, not degradation, uh, degradation. We have Washington Warriors probably in the name of the Redskins. I can see where the Rod- Washington Redskins could be considered racist. But Washington Warriors, we are actually uh, 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 promoting braveness and strength and ferocity uh, by some of these indigenous names. I do not see that as being harmful. Have you got a comment on that? 
Yeah, I do. I, I, and, I, and I will say this, and leave Stephen on the line if you can, Kellen. I, I think that um, I, I know what you're saying. This really heated up r- recently, but don't forget, uh, and Len Rhodes uh, talked on Jespo's show today, and, and this was a process of several years that he went through talking with people. So I, I don't think it's just because of that one sponsor. I'm sure that that factored into it. And, and Stephen, as I, if you've listened to me talk about this, this has been a hard process for me too, and I've had to understand some things, and it's it's hard to see the name go, but there, and I heard what David Beard said, a lot of people in those communities didn't have problems with it, but I think it had reached a point where the team had to say, we recognize that there are some people who have a problem with it and they are being vocal about it. And do we want to continue to operate in that space? That's one way that I look at it. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Uh, there should be an education that the term Eskimo in no point in history has ever been derogatory or meaning disrespect. In fact, it should invoke uh, it should invoke the strength and, and passion of the Inuit people and uh, the perseverance. I think the name fits, and uh, I think we have to have some pushback. But Reed, I really love your show. You know, you're, I know you're off to the hockey game tonight. Uh, I appreciate the chance to make my point. Okay, thanks, Stephen. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Noel is also on the line. Hey, thanks for holding. Go ahead. I read, uh, listen to you a lot. Um, I think Stephen said it uh, very, or Steve said it very well. Um, I listened to Janice Agriels yesterday, um, and or the day before, throughout the whole her opening speech there. She talked about all of the positive things about what, what it was to be an Eskimo and what the, the Indigenous people, the Inuit people. And then at the end of that, she said, well, and we're, we're, we're dropping the name. I don't quite understand it. Uh, I don't see anything derogatory to the Eskimo Inuit people about the name. I think it's a proud people, and I think it, was a proud, uh, it is a proud franchise. And I don't think it, it should, should have even... Have, been there and i think what it, what it all comes down to it, it it's about the money well there's no doubt there, there's no doubt uh, that, that finances have a factor i can't argue with you there yeah i i know i, pre- I appreciate you getting in touch and and i i think you're it's very honest and heartfelt what you're saying too i think in terms and david beard touched on it as well and, and i want you to remember this that everything good that the organization has done and in terms of community work and uh, I mean those things can still exist right I mean you're I I think you hopefully understand that he might be gone already okay okay but yeah no thanks for the call Noel I I mean I I appreciate people reaching out and you can definitely bounce stuff off me and it's it's okay to have questions about it uh, and it's okay to be maybe confused and it's okay to maybe want to learn a little more. And that's one thing I've been trying to do myself. And I think I've come to understand that it's, as I've said, it, it's it's a problematic name for some people. And, and I think it's a problematic name for, you know, some people who would identify with that ethnic group. And, and I think the the club decided why are we putting – ourselves in that awkward area and we you know regardless of what the percentages might be or not be i, I think that was one of the things that factored pretty pretty highly into the name change that, that that's how i understand it and and i understand it's tough for a lot of you it's been, it's been tough for me um but i think once we get back to playing football <laughs> you know whenever that's going to be uh, i want that to be the focus not not discussing the 
the appropriateness of, of the team name. I want it to be about football. Back after the break. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.